0: Ephesians one three through fourteen. Some amazing and powerful scripture. If you've been reading our book, Sit Walk Stand, um, you've been diving into uh, the book of Ephesians, which is what what that is. It's you know Watchman Nee basically teaching on Ephesians, um, and. So hopefully you've been already had some tastes of some of this, but um, I just, let me pray. Jesus, thanks for your word. And I pray, Father, that you would uh, remind us of things that are true, that you would encourage our hearts, that you would just bathe us in truth that is freeing and... Uh, reminder of what matters and that you would uh, soak us in uh, your spirit and your words uh, and the power that they bring and we pray this in your name Jesus Amen mm-hmm. I was so side note has anyone else noticed maybe my, I have to admit my iPhone <laughs> is a little old Maybe like an eight or something, is that's pretty old, right? So, but uh in my notes, sometimes I do a lot of um the notes. You guys know the notes in your phone, iPhone, right? I'll do like type, this, you know, I'll be having a quiet time or wherever I am, and I'm like, oh, and, and I think all these things and I want to talk about it, and, then, and I just start, and I, I had this long leadership. I mean, it was like a lot, it was a lot of notes. Um, I was pretty excited about it. Totally different than what we're talking about tonight. And uh, this morning, I was like, um, this is the part that's been frustrating. Like now when you push on it, it select all doesn't come up. And I'm like, I can't, so I have to like select and then I have to like scroll, you know, take that little dot and like scroll down, right? A little bit of time and because it's a big thing, I go down and I gotta go back up and I gotta scroll, right? And I'm doing that, this whole thing, Right And so you're going back and forth, and I get literally to the bottom, finally, and instead of hitting the button, the blue thing, I hit paste, and some little thing that I had cut out before Aww. pasted over the whole thing, and I was like, started to feel this like welling up of tear. Like, you know like, because I'm, I'm desperate, I'm like, there's got to be a way to bring that back. There's not a way to bring that back. There is. There is.
1: there is. there is. How? I kept trying to find it. What do you do? There was no arrow, and then it There
0: was no iPhone eight. Or if you <laughs> shake your phone. <laughs> if you <laughs>
1: shake
0: it <them>. right <laughs> Yeah. Or if you double tap on the phone. Yeah. I tried every button. T- like that would say... Rick, I didn't do that. Like, if you, if you like, doubled up... I don't really What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't really. <laughs> oh, You can also... What? Yeah, but would that undo <laughs> the paste. Is that a shake? <laughs> <laughs> so, undo typing would undo the pace? Are, are we sure? Probably not. We just tried it. And I
1: supposed to take it? Did it work? Yeah, I did. It was <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to see if
0: I can get it back. I
1: didn't know maybe
0: emma can work on this when i get when i get done so anyway i don't think i can do it i had been praying i had been praying pretty much this morning uh for a while like lord you know what's good what's what 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 is what do you want uh for tonight what do you want us to look at what do you want us to talk about and of course I took that as like complete providence. I was like, well, I guess that is not what we're going to talk about tonight because I cannot get this thing back. And um, and I have been sitting in Ephesians 1, been memorizing it and sitting in it for uh maybe a week or two now, and I it's just so there's is just so much. And it's one of those um classic um you know, sometimes when Paul just, like, gives, he, and he sometimes opens books like this with this, like, powerful, and it, actually in the Greek it's, like, one sentence. Like, it's just this, like, melee, this fire hose of, like, powerful, big, gigantic, awesome truths. And then Ephesians 1 is definitely that. And so I just want to highlight something. Let's read it. And then we're going to just look at a couple quick things. Ephesians 1, 3 through 14. Who wants to read it? Who has the ESV? Um, yeah, huh? Yeah. huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to read it? Who will read it? You can have the NIV. Okay, it's fine. Go ahead
1: In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times reached their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the might be for the praise of his glory.
0: And you also
1: were included in Christ when you heard the message of the truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised holy spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are in God's possession to the praise of his glory.
0: So I want to start with just to give A powerful picture of this scripture and I've talked many times especially maybe a year and a half ago started talking about this and last year talking about what it means for us to be people who are in Christ and in him and if you notice um that phrase is in here actually eight different times um so I'm going to write down those things because, interestingly, that NIV, was that NIV, is not the same exact wording, uh, and so some of those would not be as uh, clear, but I will, I'm just going to go ahead and write, that, write them down so you guys can see and you can look at the scripture and see uh, kind of what it says. So the first reference, okay, is, in, is right there in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. So, in Christ, we have every spiritual blessing. What, what's the next one, you guys? See it before the foundation of the world. Yeah. So. This is going to be a lot easier for you guys with ESV, sorry. But in the next script, the next uh, verse, four. even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. So chose us. Okay. And then the next one. The next one uh, is, uh, uses the the term in love, right, to, which is the same uh, thing. In the Greek, it's the same idea, in Christ, in love. Does that make sense? Like, in his love, he predestined us for adoption. So adoption is the third time we see in him, or in Christ, or in his love. Fourth time, what's the next one that you guys see? There's actually one right, oh yeah, it is, no, right before that, verse 6. What was that in the beloved yeah in the beloved and what do we have in the beloved grace. it's kind of before it. that's right glorious grace right before it yeah some of these you got to kind of like work through and then the next one a, yeah who said verse seven was that you that was said. okay whoever said that so verse seven is the next one and what do we have in verse seven in christ redemption redemption, redemption all right the next thing um you're going to go down to in verse 11 now niv did not say it this way but in verse 11 it literally says in the esv a more accurate word for word translation of the greek i'm just saying that's what it is okay it's not you know do you guys know that <laughs> there's different translations of the original Greek. There is word-for-word, there is sentence-by-sentence, and then there is kind of idea-by-idea, if that makes any sense. And so, some Bibles, like the New Living Translation, kind of would be an idea-by-idea translation, where someone who knows the Greek reads it and reads the the idea of what's being communicated, and then writes in English what makes sense. The NIV is a sentence-by-sentence, where they'll take one sentence... And they will read the sentence, what makes sense, what does it say, how does it say it, and we're going to translate the sentence into from the Greek to English. Uh, and in other versions, like the ESV, there's, there's a lot of word-for-word uh, NASB. There's other word-for-word translations. Uh, they literally word-for-word. Word, now, they have to switch the order of things, but they do each word. Now, the problem with that is... You know, for your average high school student to read the ESV or the NASB, it's a little harder, right? Because it uses different words, and they're out of order, and it doesn't always make sense the way things are said. NIV is probably a better place to start for high school students, right? Because it's, it, it definitely it has the element of as much accuracy as possible, but still is um, easier to understand when you're reading it. Um, and then, of course, even the idea-by-idea idea translations... Are wonderful because you're trying to soak out and get what the scripture has for it. Does that make sense? And someone who understands Greek read that little idea there and translated it into English so that you could absorb the idea of what that Greek is saying. Does that make sense? So you could make an argument that that's possibly more accurate. Might maybe not make that argument, but it's still does that. There's still value to it right? And then there's, of course, the message type translations. They're called um, paraphrased versions, right? They still use that term to describe those. The the living Bible, the message, those are like literally like paragraph by paragraph, and they aren't even close when it comes to the actual wording, right? They, and you would notice that, right? If you read the message, you're like, okay, this isn't even close to what my Bible says, you know? I mean, the message is like and then he was like, dude, that's awesome. You know, like, I don't think it says, dude, that's awesome. But it's right at that point. Yeah. Anyway, in verse 11, it says, In him we have obtained an inheritance. Inheritance. you the one in verse 9? In verse 9. No. No. Making known the mystery oh. Alright, let's we're gonna do six point five here. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry, I didn't. laughs> oh that's great. So let's see, it says which he lavish upon us wisdom making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth. So purpose. All right? That's great. Well we don't have to it doesn't matter if it's nine. <laughs> it's all good. Oh, no. So the next one that I have, right, is in verse 13. You guys, does, it, does the NIV say in him there? Mine opens with in him. Yeah. You also, when you heard the word of truth, right, the gospel of your salvation, you have the word. You get to hear the word in him. And then, of course, in verse 14, okay, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, in him we have heard the word of truth and believed in him, and then we're sealed with the Holy Spirit, which these last two are kind of together, which, you know, throughout all of Scripture, Spirit and truth walking together. Holy Spirit, God's words, walking together. So what are, give me some examples. We're going to go really quick through this just so we can just get to what's kind of great about all this. When it says in Christ we have every spiritual blessing from the heavenly places. Think about what that what that is. I was just at Rockbridge with at young life college weekend and as we were everyone was reflecting afterwards about what was great and what they loved about the weekend. People just said all kinds of different things, right? All oh, the community, oh, all the the, the truth, all oh, the I felt the spirit working. Oh, I I I, you know, just as was so encouraged by someone listening and what, you know, all these things. And I was thinking of this scripture and thinking, you know, when you have that experience and all of you've been to camp, right? Summer camp and seen that where it's like the Lord is doing something. And you're like, this is so awesome to see God do this stuff. Like these are like heavenly things that we experience as believers on earth. Like literally, community, literally love, literally acceptance, literally purpose, literally clarity of truth, like these are these are heavenly things. that's this verse. You're experiencing the heavenly things, but you experience them now, right? I mean, this is um such a powerful thing because there's so many things that are true about heavenly blessings, right? Because that's it literally says, right? Your spiritual blessings are what's in the heavenly places. So it's saying this to us. What can you guys what would be an example of that? What's in heaven now that we get to experience here on earth as Christians? Just name one. There's like a lot. Anyone think of one? Fellowship. Fellowship. What was that? Joy. Joy. What else? Anything. Worship. Worship. I mean think I mean Just these things that have been said so far, the power of true and awesome fellowship, right? Have you been ever sitting around a fire with your best friends, your brothers and sisters in Christ, right? And you just, you're, you're laughing and joking about something and suddenly you're hit with a wave of like, this is awesome. I just love this. I love this connection with my friends and with my brothers and sisters. Yeah, that's a taste. That's heaven here. Spiritual blessing, right? These things that, right? Whether it's joy or... What was the other thing I said? Worship. Worship, Worship. (laughs) right? The the power of an intense worship experience is our getting... It's Ephesians 1. Us experiencing spiritual blessing here. He chose you before the foundation of the world the the thing that i love about this scripture and no matter where you fall on the doctrinal end of this kind of scripture cuz this i know this has even the word predestined in it and all that stuff taking all that out no matter where you fall on this stuff you cannot escape the fact that god chose you that it is not a mistake. It's not not an accident that you're here, not an accident that your your life is on the course that it is. I mean, I know sometimes it's easy on a bad day or when it's, things aren't going well and you're struggling with something and your or ministry's hard or your schedule's hard or your classes are hard or relationship was hard and you start to having all these like doubts about oh I don't know what am I doing. What am I doing? And God's like, no, this is, you're where I want you. I chose you. Like this is, the chosen part gives us this great affirmation that nothing going on in your life is a mistake, right? It reminds us that this is a big God who's got this, right? It's kind of like, okay, God, I can trust you because you chose me before even the foundation of the world, I can trust that today you got this too. Adoption, the next one. In Christ, we've been adopted, right? In the ESV, it says, to himself as sons through Jesus Christ. What? think considering the glory and the the joy that comes along with being adopted, if you guys, uh, still one of my favorite movies, the, oh, Instant <laughs> Family, right? I couldn't remember the title, right? I was like, family something, family. I was like, no, that's not it. That Instant Family, you guys seen that movie? Yeah. So, so good. good. And I'm just so like, good. yes, this is great. But what is so good, what what tugs at your heart the consistent thing that makes you tear up when you watch that movie is, at the core, it's adoption. Right? It's like, oh my gosh, this idea. And if you just spend time thinking about what's new for us, that we are now adopted. That once we were what? And now we have a new what? Give me anything. We were We were dead. I mean, this is, we were in a bad spot. God, Christ made us alive. We have, what else is new? Now that you're adopted, what else is new for your life? Identity. You have a new identity, right? Deeper than that, like, it's not, you know, the word identity doesn't strike us deeply. But when you start thinking about how do you identify yourself? And how do you see yourself when you look in the mirror every day and you look at yourself and you're like, what do you see? How do you identify yourself? Is it like, oh man, I'm so this, I'm so that, I'm not this, I wish I was that, I'm not. With Christ, in Christ, being adopted gives you a completely new identity. A Christ one, a child of God himself, of the king. Right, I, I talked about adoption maybe in here. I can't remember where I talked about it. The campaigners probably, but the idea. What else is new if you're adopted? You have a home. You have a new home, right? You have a new home waiting for us. Now you're a stranger, alien in this world, and there is a mansion. That those that wording is literally used in the scripture. There's literally a mansion, right? Have you guys the most uh, famous of all orphan? Adoption movies. Annie. Annie, That's right. Little orphan Annie. Right? And a good old Daddy Warbucks comes along. Right? And has got this mansion. And she's like, what? And he's like, it's all yours. It's all yours. Can you imagine? What else? Anything else? What else is new? New path. New what? New path. A new path. Right? You were on this path. Of destruction, hurting yourself, constantly looking for things that weren't, make, life wasn't working. God puts you on a new path, and maybe I would say with a fully, with a new purpose that is an eternal purpose, something that finally matters and matters for real forever. I mean, these are, you go on and on, right? What's new about being, what does it mean to be adopted? Adoption is one of the core big rocks. That's why this Ephesians thing is so powerful. The next thing says, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise and glory of his grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. So the wording around, and then obviously even later the next verse where he talks about the riches of the grace, of his grace, which he has lavished upon us. I love the words that are used in this section where it talks about grace. Glorious, the riches, and that He's lavished upon us. What great words, right, to use when talking about grace. The gospel, the good news. I'm I am so convinced that the gospel is so central to. The Christian life and not central to be like, I need to know the facts of the good news so I can accept Jesus and check the box. And then I move on to things that are more important. I am so convinced that the gospel is at the center of things. And when we were at Rockridge for this uh, college weekend, Pretty much everyone who comes on that weekend, we took however many students, pretty much all of them are Christian or say they're Christian or pretty close to Christian. It was pretty much people who come to campaigners who come on this weekend. Almost everyone who is there, okay, would have been a Christian. And if we were to do a weekend like that, and can you imagine us as the leader team sitting around planning? Yeah, we're going to get our campaigner students away. going to, you know, we'll get them all there. And there would be some peripheral people. And we would say like, what are we, what messages are we going to give? What are we going to talk about? And we're like, oh, I know at a campaigner weekend, why don't we, why don't we just share the gospel? We'd be like, what? No, we're going to talk about like faith or making disciples or reading your Bible or how to pray, like, right? You all would do the same thing. We wouldn't even think. And yet we go on this weekend and it's pure, like literally Dave Sloop is there. If you've ever heard him speak at summer camp, okay? Like literally Dave Sloop is there and he literally does a, these his summer camp club talks and he's able to get most of it in because he's able to talk for 35, 40 minutes, 45 minutes. And so typically they're 20 minutes. So he's able to do about seven-ish talks, right? And he just, they're literally his summer camp talks that you would have heard with your high school students at Carolina Point this summer or at Rock Ridge this summer. Same exact talks. Now, from a practical accept and pray the prayer uh, to know Jesus as a result of hearing those talks, is no one in our group. And yet, I watched that group of folks experience the greatest community building and the most powerful encouragement in the Lord that I've seen with any group I've been with. And I've been on those trips with a lot of groups. And I I remember this from 2019, or 2018, or the other trips we've taken. I remember it being like that before. This one was just more, way more in my face, and way more. Literally, uh, you know, got got home reflecting on the trip, and I'm like, Lord, the message was just the gospel. And and I thought to myself, I can't believe I just said just the gospel. But it's what I was thinking, and yet I was like, but yet. So I'm saying all that to say, I I believe the greatest. Deficiency in our church buildings today is they don't preach the gospel. If they did, I think they would see not people coming to know the Lord, which of course you would as a result of preaching the gospel, but you would see the people who know Jesus or kind of know Jesus or are working to know Jesus really start to know Jesus because of this one message. The message of his of the glorious grace that's lavished on us, this unbelievable story. Okay, the next one, redemption. What does it mean to be redeemed? You go, it, it, you know. Uh, my pastor used to say, right? If there was one word, this is this. These are big rocks. This is why this scripture is crazy. All these things are like such big rocks. All. Oh, popped right into this one place the word redemption what redemption is is so big and so powerful my pastor used to say if there was one word that you would put on the cover of the bible that would you could title it with it would be redemption that this right here redemption because from the very first words to the very end it's about God redeeming and bringing redemption to what was lost. Like, that's just the consistent theme. Every story that's relevant, everything that's the the theme throughout the Old and New Testament is that theme of redemption. And we are the object of that redemption in Christ, only in Christ. Again, think of all this stuff. We found all these things by just looking at one phrase, in Him, in Christ. So that's that's where all this stuff is. Only found in Christ. Redemption. Number 6. Number 7 is Number 6 is inheritance. Right? So heaven. We could spend tons of time talking about the inheritance of heaven and what is ahead for us. What you now that you are in Christ, you have something waiting for you. Like that's what inheritance is, right? You know you just can't wait to you turn till so-and-so passes and you get the million dollars from your grandpa or whatever, like, that's like an inheritance, right? God is Jesus Christ in Christ, it's the same thing, now we have this million dollars waiting for us, right, it's inheritance and we, I'm not going to teach it and talk about heaven, because that would take forever, and uh, the next thing, seven, purpose, we've already started to touch on that, to finally have a purpose in Christ now, you have a purpose. And now you can really do things that matter. Okay? And I, I, I realize people who are f- saving physical lives think they're doing something that matters. And I, I'm not unthankful for that, people that do that. You know, I would appreciate that if someone I knew or loved was not feeling well or not doing well, if someone would help them. So I am thankful for that. But in the end, you cannot escape God and his sovereignty. You cannot cheat death. Nobody can. It is in a sense a futile business to save physical lives. You're just delaying the inevitable. True? It's just that's all you're doing. You're just delaying the inevitable. It will happen. For those in Christ, that is not that is not us, and that is not the purpose. The purpose we serve, the purpose we serve is raising, is bringing people back to life. It is saving people's lives. It's rescuing people from death, literally rescuing them. They're, they're uh, on the precipice of death. They're hanging over a fire, and literally the, you rescue them, and it is an actual rescuing that saves them for eternity. Like, it does matter. That will never be cheated. When someone is rescued, it is final. And that is, and it will never be reversed. And God lets you and I, not just let, but we are the vehicle of that. It's totally, it's not, you know, God could have the rocks cry out, right? He could have, he could bring people to him any way he wants, but he doesn't. He uses His people to be the mouthpiece of His glory so that others would know. Purpose. And the last two things, the Word, the Spirit. In Christ, the Word is revealed to us, the Spirit in us, the gift of the Holy Spirit. These two things working together, Spirit and truth, consistently throughout Scripture, and we get these things in Christ. So... One of my, I, I long for you guys, my heart, my prayer, and what, what is impactful for me when I look at this scripture, and my heart for you guys, my prayer for you, was that we could just for a little bit try to soak up and soak in these big, great things, because the more that we do, the more that you're able to, the more your life will make sense, right? I mean, the reason we get so stressed and we're just crazy things, of life's crazy, and we're moving this direction, and that direction, and worry about this, and worry about that, and have all these things, is because we've moved on from these things. We've moved on from these big rocks. And there's nothing better than just sitting in it. Right, just just when I was uh, at Florida, I don't know if I brought this up, but um, one of the things that I like to do when we go to Florida is um, maybe maybe this is weird, I don't know. Maybe you guys all do this. I have no idea. Don't worry about it. Um, (laughs) It's just a little animal we keep in there. <laughs> he won't get out. As long as, you, as long as you lean back. Don't lean forward. But as long as you lean back, he won't get out. So, go to Florida in the summer. And one of my... Uh, it's all right, guys. Seriously. One of my favorite things to do, okay, is it's super hot. You guys know this. Like, you lie, you, you're next to the pool, and you're lying there, and you're like, oh my gosh, it's, it's really hot. Like, you know, like, the sun, right here in Florida, you guys know, know that feeling. So I go, get in the pool, right, and then you get sitting there for a few minutes, and you get out of the pool, and you go back and lie down, all right? And you don't dry off. You just sit there, like, all wet, right? <laughs> and it's awesome, right? And the funny thing is I love to read when I'm on these trips, but I can't read because I'm soaking wet, right? My hands are wet. My eyes are wet. I can barely open my eyes because there's water here, right? And I'm like, you know, so so I've learned, right? I'm just going to just lie here. I'm just going to lie here. I'm just going to pray. And I'm just going to just let this stuff, just let this water just soak, just soak in. And, you know, for the next, what, I guess it depends on how hot it is, like 20 to 30 minutes, it's awesome, Right? Like you can do that too, like if you get, get on a raft and you get in the pool, right? And maybe it can, makes it easier and lasts longer. But, but I, 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 when I think of that, and I think of that feeling while I'm letting just all that water over every inch of me just soak and, and sit in that, is what I believe is our Christian life meant to be and what this scripture can do for you if you will sit in it if you've not read the first chapter of the book you need to right sit to sit in the completed work of Christ and to sit in these truths is the christian life it is it's the abiding that I've talked about all the time and the and the what it means for us as christians like you don't you can let go of everything else and how unbelievable I mean when I do that thing in Florida we don't we probably what maybe once a summer for a while we go on a trip and then we didn't take a trip for a long time so I've not got to do it a whole lot every time I would do that there was a part of me that would feel like guilty like almost like I'm indulging myself right that kind of like you know you're like this is great like I just maybe I should get in again now and oh I just already did it twice I don't know I'm gonna do it again you know like it's crazy right and it's like but you're feeling that I sense that because there's this essence of like indulging myself this kind of guilt and I think I worry I fear that we do the same thing where We almost feel like, well, I can't just sit in this all the time because, you know, how would I get things done? Or how would I, how would I ever accomplish anything for God? Or how would I give anything back? Like I can't just, but I believe you can sit in these things and soak in these things. And then you watch what God does through you while you're soaking, while you're sitting in these things, saturating yourself in these powerful truths so I just want to I was hoping we would have time to do a little saturating but we don't so I'm going to close with some prayer so I'm going to encourage you on your own please hey guys stop for a sec just look here please please saturate yourself in the deep and powerful truths that God has for you. Sit in that stuff and throw that other stuff, everything else, far, far away. It is not for the Christian life. It's not for you. It literally, it's so selfish. It's unbelievable. Like, if you truly, truly, I mean, the Christian life, that's why it brings us to tears. That's why we worship and we're so moved because it's like, could this possibly be true? This is my life to sit in these things. I feel like it's the going and sitting in the pool and doing like I'm indulging myself. It's like being a Christian is amazing. It's like jumping in the pool and sitting in the sun all the time. All the time. What? Are you kidding? No wonder Philippians, right? No wonder joy. This is crazy. Let's sit in this stuff. Let go of the other stuff, right? Let me pray. Jesus, thank you for bringing us home. Thank you, Lord, for keeping your eyes on the prize and what was ahead. Yeah, for keeping yourself on the path. your glory to your glory and as a result as a result like they're all just this just these nine things that could just that are just crazy unbelievable huge life-changing powerful real meaningful things Lord that are now who we are. That now are our lives. Lord, give us courage to just soak in these things. Just like while well, we're just laying in the sun and letting the water <laughs> just soak in. And it's such a great feeling, Lord, that we would we would do that with your with these truths with the that we would be in Christ in you that this powerful th- these powerful things that come to us in you that we would just sit in them forgive us lord for thinking that we can do things that make a difference do things for you that you need us to do that we can give back to you in some way that When you are, you are the one that just wants us, you just you're just wanting us to just stop. You want to be the giver. You want to be the doer. You want to be the greatest need meter. And you you promise, Lord, it's what an amazing promise. If we would only rest <coughs> in you, connect to the vine, we get everything we need. And help us, Lord, to sit in that